welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Hello and welcome to our 35th episode of the infamous Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I'm your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today I was thinking, my friend, seeing the state of affairs in the world, and specifically in, in this country, the U.S., uh, I had an existential question, inner question. And that question is, how is it possible for any human being to survive this without copious amount of tequila? <laughs> <laughs> I have copious amounts of Irish whiskey. Right. <laughs> See, you got choices. Yeah. Life is good. What's happening in, uh, in today's uh, world where... You know, half the people of this country, at least, uh, are jumping around and, you know, uh, opening up uh, champagne bottles, celebrating the victory, and others are lamenting, or they are just frowning and are in deep fear and anger because this election has been stolen yet once again. So there are two kinds of emotional states here that we're dealing with, right? We deal with extreme euphoria and extreme fear slash depression. So what kind of self-respecting mind podcast would we be if we didn't think this is uh, just an amazing amazing uh, primer for today's podcast. Yeah, so, you know, we find ourselves sometimes, a lot of times actually, these days, in uh, living in a state of fear, for sure, uh, or living in a state of uncertainty, living in a state of uh, anger, and... The next thing that we have to consider is, first of all, how did we get there? And secondly, is this a real state? What do you think? Well, the words of Freddie Mercury and Queen come up. Is this a real life? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was one of the things I was um, 
uh, as I was watching the media circus thing going on over the weekend and I stayed up till stupid times in the morning to watch it here. How could an, what effectively is an external event generate so positive emotions on one side and so negative emotions on the other? And while there are obviously a certain amount of rationale, there's a certain amount of rationale for that, it does actually point to the fact that our emotions are being controlled by effectively external events and how those external events are being communicated and portrayed to us. And we've talked about it a lot on this podcast before about allowing ourselves to be influenced one way or the other by external events. And effectively, by doing so, giving away our power because those that feel euphoric feel that something amazing has happened to them when it hasn't really. Um, and those that are feeling down are feeling that something terrible has happened to them. And it hasn't really. Because if you look at their lives two weeks ago and this morning, nothing really has changed in individual terms. And yet, they just by virtue of the way that they're seeing external events, they've decided to portray a particular meaning on it, which has sent them into a, I would su suggest, a kind of a spiral of euphoria on one side and depression on the other side, which, which is only harmful to us as individuals, both on the good, both on the euphoric side and on the other side, because we lose the sense that we are individuals and that we're responsible for our own, for what we create and our own happiness and all that sort of stuff. So that was the kind of stuff that was going on in, in my mind in the aftermath of uh, considering all of this stuff. And uh, I didn't catch that. Could you? And Siri even jumped in there with a comment. <laughs> so I'm obviously been listened to here. <laughs> well, surprise, surprise, my friend. Yeah. I don't know why you have to be such a conspiracy theorist and think Siri is listening to you. That was just a coincidence. That was just a coincidence. I know. I know. So, and plus the fact that when I happened to mention the other day that uh, I was interested in a particular um, form of mattress and I wonder how much they cost, um, within about 30 minutes, the advert for that mattress had popped up in my Facebook feed. <laughs> Well, that is also a coincidence. And okay. <laughs> well, that is also a coincidence. And okay. <laughs> but 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 let's face it, thirty minutes is too long. <laughs> yeah, it was obviously it was obviously jammed up with all the election stuff. I'm like, dude, if I think about it, this, is what I want, you know, in in a perfect world. <laughs> I want to think about it. Right? Think about it and then see the ad. Then I'll be happy. Mm. Right? No, I thought you I thought you were gonna say you want to think about it and then it arrives in front oh, of you. Oh well, you know, come on. One must be a little bit of a realist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we're talking about a utopian world here. So anyway, what are your thoughts on on all of that and my um diatribe there? Well, once again, my friend we are in sync, mm. which I don't know what it says about your state of mind. <laughs> but, 
But um, it's 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 about a year, I think, since we uh, first encountered each other. I know. So I think mine has slowly gone downhill. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mental decay. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so look, <clears throat> absolutely. By the way, since you mentioned the uh, the media circus, I thought that was a perfect analogy because they're all clouds. <laughs> Uh, this is a good, positive event. What's that? The fact that we find ourselves to be in such a shitty situation. And by that, I mean a situation of distress uh, or a situation of heightened euphoria. Both of those are very, very awesome situations because they are very concerning. They show me specifically that we are, all of us, uh, on both sides of that fence, very, very deeply tranced. Okay, we are trancing our asses off. Okay, we are tripping in essence, and uh, some of us, you know what happens, someone takes LSD, you know, and uh, they might have a positive trip, or they might have a negative one. <laughs> they might have a scary one, or they might have a euphoric one. But, make no mistake, they both are tripping. And so, why is that a good thing? Well, I'm thinking... The good part of that, the positive part of that, is the fact that if you have the, the mental faculties to recognize what is happening to you, then you can see the bullshit of this condition and adjust yourself, you know, or as they say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. So most people... <laughs> Usual for the most people are not in a position to either consider this as an option because to them there is reality and there is lies, there's truth and there's lies, there's reality and there's fantasy. And uh, someone has to be on either of those uh, fences in order to be able to, you know, play the game. You know, just like you, just like you get, you know, you can't play football only by yourself, right? You need an opponent, and um, that dualistic kind of frame is simply an indication to me that this is a game. Almost definitely, it's a game, and it's been set by we've talked about so many times by the people who hold the power, and of mm -hmm. course, the people who hold the power. I mean, listen, we're not saying anything that is, like, groundbreaking here. The divide and conquer has been around since time immemorial, right? I have you, uh, you know, go up against me, and then... No, I mean, I don't have you go up against... Someone else can put me up against you or you up against me, and then they can laugh all the way to the bank uh, or all the way to our pockets while they are robbing us blind. And we wouldn't be paying attention because we pay attention to the most important 
confrontation, which is me against you and you against me, right? So this is what I see. And to me, personally, it's a good thing. I'm glad I can see that because if I can see it, that means that I can regulate it. So the reason why we are here is to point it out and perhaps maybe uh, someone on the other end of this cable, <laughs> the hypothetical cable, uh, proverbial, proverbial cable, will be able to hear this and uh, perhaps get inspired. Mm. We talked about being triggered. And this is nothing but triggering. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So, Led by the nose, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Led by the nose. I don't know where this... Oh, that's probably... That comes from, bull. like, the bulls, right? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bull has its the cord through its the ring in its nose. and it's... So, so, actually, it's interesting you mentioned that because that... Uh, image came to mind the the bullfights and I don't know why they call them the bullfights isn't that what they call them bullfights yeah. yeah yeah I don't know why they call them the bullfights because the, the bull is not fighting if you think about it if you, look, if you look at the evidence the bull is trying to defend his poor ass who's whoever's fighting is the other asshole who's trying to instigate him so think about it we all of us we are bulls and someone is pointing the red flag in front of our faces and what happens we lose our shit mm. oh but we are intelligent beings we are evolved we know better we are not animals right yeah <laughs> of course what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the um, we talked about it before here, the fact that the way that we are drawn into these, I suppose, confrontational or not, not even confrontational. I think it's probably a bigger uh, thing than that. It's um, it's almost like pointing out the negative side of human nature is makes a lot of money for a lot of people. And it also keeps people at um, polar opposites in individual arguments. And uh, by virtue of that, that draws more eyes in, which generates more income. So therefore, why would people, look, why would you present two well-behaved and decent people who talk nicely about each other and um, argue their particular policy issues in a very civilized uh, form and if you did that you would probably get half of the voter turnout that there that there was and you would get less than half of the interest in the tv audiences and the spend on prozac and <laughs> antidepressants and all of the and alcohol and everything else that goes with it it's in no one's interest to present things in a reasonable and balanced fashion. It's in lots of people interest, people's interests to have things, people at loggerheads and people fighting and arguing, um, regardless of how ridiculous and how bizarre some of the things they're arguing about actually is. So 
to me it was it, it was like while you see it in in other countries and you see it in other situations and um, it, it's just the nature of the way the US does things it's everything is magnified and played out to the nth degree and I was looking at it going you know if ever this was a an advertisement for all the things that are wrong in the world and I mean the whole the whole circus and um, this is it and look at how all the players are feeding into that they're it's like they're they're being given little parts to play in a, in a play and they're acting out their parts perfectly and it continues I mean it's um it's not just you know, um, season one, but we're now already into season two. <laughs> It'll go on for another few months as the whole thing gets played out and anger is generated and stirred up as well. Uh, I just thought it was a fascinating um, study in how people are manipulated. And I mean, I'm not claiming innocence. I mean, I did have biases in terms of seeing how, how it would play out, but wasn't particularly getting emotionally involved just observing and uh, people were really really getting wound up and you see it even in social media where since then people will post and you go do you not have a life that you <laughs> that you could be doing something more useful than getting into an argument with somebody else who you never met and don't know and will never meet but you are getting into these long-running tit-for-tat arguments with people over something which is only impacting your life because you're choosing to allow it to get in on you and effectively eat you up. That's a very good point, my friend. Because this... getting First of all, you're talking about people getting into arguments with people that they've never met. That's not even the point. Even if you've met them, getting into an argument that will 100% is not even, that's 100% lead nowhere. Nowhere but get both parties to like get pissed off and one is blocking the other or both. Yeah. So, so because because what, is, what does that prove? That proves that both parties are in a state of trance. Um, they don't, they're not interested in finding truth. They're interested in their uh, world model uh, matching the, the reality. Hmm. So, so uh, all they care about is someone to say to them, wow, you're right. And then they will feel better. But then that will create another void in them. Because now what do I do? <laughs> I have to find another person to argue with because that's my, you know, that's the, these are the social warriors, as they call them. And, and people find, tragically enough, they find uh, purpose in this game. It's a, to me, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. It is pure proof that we are we are so <clears throat> deeply mind controlled that we don't even first of all this is what, okay so since we talk we talk about the political situation right and you talked about oh you know they they're not interested in rational 
and uh, civilized arguments. And my response to that is like, why the fuck would they be interested in that? <laughs> there is nothing civilized nor um, rational about the, the, the plateau that world politics is played on, right? There's nothing rational. The only rationale is I am going to, it's like a chessboard. So whoever is playing chess, is like, well, I'm going to come up with a move that you can't even predict, and then I'll show you, you know. And But, I mean, this is, it, at the end, it is incomprehensible to me how people think that these people are interested in their well-being. It is, I can't, I can't. There's no way. I don't understand it. How is it possible? I mean... You have people, that's why people go to war, mental and emotional war. And sometimes, you know what? Don't be surprised if this whole thing, you're saying it's going to take a few months. I, I, I hope it takes just a few months. Because if this is not thrown into a civil war, another civil war, which won't be very civil at all. Mm. So as far as I'm concerned, this is what you do. You destabilize. I mean... <laughs> look at look okay okay fine i don't know what i'm talking about forget about forget about that just look at the history don't they say if you want to know if you want to predict the future all you have to do is go back and read history there's been politicians many of them in this country since this country was baptized this country and not only, of course, you know, all over the world, but since we're talking about this specific country right now, that have tried their darnest for <laughs> decades to make things good for the citizens, to make things better, to make things, uh, you know, more prosperous, more like safer and, and all this stuff and, and more civilized. Uh, allegedly, that's what they're trying to do because that's what they keep on promising people right before they get elected. <clears throat> but how much of that has been done? It just surface things, you know, like uh, uh, stuff that has to do with, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, with certain ways that people perceive their cohabitation such as, you know, like being a racist. You know. so, <laughs> of course, today you are a racist unless proven otherwise. <laughs> but ultimately, what's going on? What's happening? What's happening? Everyone, everyone is scared shitless. No one knows what's coming next. And now on top of everything else, we are proudly moving towards our second lockdown. I mean, is there any, what, what, why? How is that even possible? So, you know me, I, I always have to go and find uh, um, certain examples in nature when I need to explain certain kinds of behaviors. So, I have talked about this before. I'm looking at my chicken coop. As far as I'm concerned, not as far as I'm concerned, as far as my chickens are concerned, I am the government 
forget all that. I'm, I'm the God, but you know, let's just kick it down a, a notch and I say, I'm the government. And they look up to me to take care of them and make sure that uh, their well-being is uh, secured. But what really is going on here? I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that the only reason why I'm keeping those poor animals uh, in that little society that I built for them, and it's, you know, some sort of utopia, I suppose, if you look at it from one point of view, but did I do it for them? Did I do it to help them evolve, to help them grow? Did I do it to make them happy? Did I do it to make them subjugated, make them, I guess, fearful enough of the outside danger so they can trust me and, of course, give me all their goods, <laughs> give me the eggs. So when I don't get the eggs, for all the chicken, all the hens that get a little older, or the turkeys, right? The turkeys is actually a perfect example. Because the turkeys were like, you know, they thought, oh, you know, this is our home. It's our home. This is where we're going to grow old. And this is where we're going to tell stories to our grandchildren about the good old days, about this great country. Is uh, this what you promised them? That's right. Of course. <laughs> I'm like, vote for me, and I will make sure that no threat from the outside can ever penetrate this utopian world. I didn't say about the threat from the inside, though. <laughs> Turkey-topian. <laughs> That's right. So, but, but I mean, look, as above, so below, right? Remember, uh, microcosm and macrocosm, microcosm and macrocosm. So if I can see that, played out so uh, many times and in such plain sight, would, shouldn't that inform me of what may be going on <laughs> between us? I mean, what if we, what if we are the chickens, you know? And we just live in a variety of coops, I guess, and, and under a variety of like feeding programs, I suppose. But at the end of the day, one thing's for sure, when we stop paying our taxes and delivering our eggs, we will become someone's dinner. Now I know, that sounds gruesome <laughs> and insane, but... And you're just another politician who has broken promises. That's right. I mean, 100%, I might say, 100%. You know, because... And of course, I have to say that when politicians, uh, uh, when it comes to politicians, I am one of the more benevolent ones. <laughs> because at least I care about them, you know. I care about them on the surface, of course, because I don't name them or anything, because, you know, that's dangerous. <laughs> <That'd> be weird. <laughs> you don't name your food, my brother. That's, that's a very important rule. So we get to understand a little bit of what's going on here. When you are looking for a pimp, because this is exactly what the government is supposed to do. So the pimp uh, being a very, very charismatic, 
human being and uh, an excellent manipulator and persuader goes to his girls and convinces them all that what? I am the best thing that ever happened to you. And not only that, I am the best thing that will ever happen to you. So what is in your best interest? Since I, in essence, am your daddy. I'm your daddy and your husband at the same time. <laughs> and your brother. So what is in your best interest? That you give me all your shit. Because I will make sure you're being well taken care of. How is that <laughs> different than the political game? And of course, some scholars will say, and there's many of those out there, some of them are my friends. You're oversimplifying this shit. That's not that simple. But is it? Because the only thing that you need to do is get down to the nuts and bolts situation. And that's what it is. As far as I'm concerned, this is what we're playing here. This is the game we're playing. Every single, like every four years, someone will come and tell me, don't trust that pimp. See, he said he was going to take care of you, but he didn't. But guess what? I will. <laughs> then the pimphood changes, switches around, <laughs> switcheroo. And then when that happens, you know, one pimp goes to the other. <laughs> F off, mother father. I managed to get your girls. Uh, and the other one's like, I'll get you next time. <laughs> yeah, see, see on the golf course. Yeah, of course. But hey, I mean, come on. Because this is what happens, right? There's so many politicians, so many of them, career politicians, we call them, hmm. that they're all millionaires. And... Hmm. That is always that never sat well with me. I'm like, how is it possible? How much money do these people make being politicians? How, why is it that this doesn't even this doesn't even uh, concern anyone? You know, like how is it? Oh, they're independent businessmen, <laughs> really? Because because I don't, I, you know, I'm an independent businessman too. And if I can make or you, for that matter. To make millions out of you being an independent businessman, would you be able to uh, be enforcing your duties as a politician? Does this make sense at all? But would you be interested, other than the fact that you have got a big ego, why would you be interested in, um, in even doing it? I mean, everyone knows that it's just a cesspit. And uh, so if you've got a good business going and you've got, you're making millions from that. Why would you want to get involved in putting yourself in that firing line? Other than if there was other benefits there or if you didn't really have a business and that you just needed that as a cover for the money that you were taking as a politician. We call that monkey business. <laughs> monkey business, indeed. indeed. And it's pretty... Uh, it's a pretty darn good uh, business uh, around here. Not just around here, but all over the world. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and wow, man. I mean, most of them, most of them wouldn't succeed if they had their own business. And a lot of them haven't succeeded in their own business when they've tried it. And so this is a very easy way 
once they can convince a reasonable number of people to uh, vote for them and put them into power, for people that you wouldn't have running, as we say here, a piss-up in a brewery, uh, to get, get them into some seriously powerful situations and influential situations in order to line their pockets very easily. I don't know how you find that this is a reasonable number of people. <laughs> Because to me, it's very unreasonable. It's like as unreasonable as it gets. But but yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, but, but I mean, this is... When I talk about conditioning, right? We are bred into this into this mentality, right? Mm. It's like our, our fathers and our mother, forefathers, you know, it's like, you know, that's one of the first things you learn. Right? You, allegiance to blah, 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 you know. You are like this. All of a sudden, you assume an identity. And you have that identity. And where did that identity come from? Other than the fact that you just happened <laughs> to be zoomed into this plane from Lord knows where. Someone summoned you and you just happened to live in England. You just happened to live in Greece. You know? And... Uh, Whoops, he didn't even mean to bring you in there. It was for many, many of us. That has been a mistake. So what is going on, really? Who are we? Because this is what it is that, as far as I'm concerned, can bring us some perspective, some insight when it comes to really what is going on in our lives. What is going on? We come here. We... <laughs> we have a flag. It's like, you are a patriot. Or are you a patriot? How dare you not to be a patriot? You are an asshole. If you're not a patriot, you're an asshole. But what does it even mean to be a patriot? What does it mean? Oh, because, for example, I would consider it patriotic if I shout about all the things that I find to be shitty in my country, right? And, and be like, wait a minute, because I am a patriot, I think that this is fucked up. This shouldn't be happening. I mean, if I wasn't a, pa a patriot, I wouldn't give a shit, right? So <laughs> it, it stands to reason that being a patriot should have you be really concerned and involved in making the situation better for your fellow countrymen mm. and for yourself. But that's not the case. Because if you dare to raise your voice in opposition, then you are a traitor. <laughs> You're not a patriot. Patriot is the one that just, you know, bows down and says, yes, thank you. <laughs> of, of course. What do I, what do I have to do? pay 50% tax of course thank you thank you master <laughs> you know, it's funny I'm sure you know that already um, that the the tax the uh, what do we call it the income tax uh, was initiated during war and it was supposed to be <laughs> it was supposed to be temporary <laughs> and uh, oops how did that happen? Not only is it not temporary anymore, but 
if you don't do it, you are also a traitor. <laughs> you, you hate your country. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we do here? The first thing that we do is identify the situation. And the situation is pretty shitty, my brother, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm sure you would agree. And the reason why the situation is shitty is because we act out of conditioning, out of programming. We are convinced thoroughly to our DNA that we have, not only do we have to agree with this shit, but if we don't play this game, we are an abomination. <laughs> we yeah. don't deserve to be around. So, but isn't that a little bit like a Stockholm Syndrome? I would think so. You know, according mm -hmm. to the Stockholm Syndrome, uh, someone, the victim, becomes enamored with the villain, with the person who have subjugated them and enslaved them and, I don't know, abducted them, whatever the case might be. And uh, they they start reflecting in a way that gives them the belief that this person actually cares for them. He's there to, you know, mm. he's trying to do everything he can, everything they can for your benefit. I think the other thing, though, that makes it slightly different from that is that most people, and I'm going to use that term, um, uh don't actually realize that this is going on. I mean, until relatively speaking, relatively recently, um, as in within the last 10 years, I wasn't really thinking about this is what was going on. And it's only as you become more educated and you, you become more curious and you start to deviate off what effectively is the, the, the rail tracks that are laid down for you to follow that you start to bump up against things that just don't seem right. And you then ask some questions and you lift the lid a little bit. And um, then you start to see different perspectives. And you don't necessarily go looking for that. So you don't necessarily go looking for that if, unless something drives you to it. So therefore, there's a lot of people who just don't know that this is a thing. Unlike the, you know, unlike the victim in the, you know, who, who, who um, that you mentioned in terms of the Stockholm Syndrome situation. They know what's happened to them, but now they've almost like they've moved into a place of coping to make it easier for them to deal with it. Whereas here, people just don't realize what's happening. And that's how, that's predominantly because of the way that the propaganda has been so successful pretty much from the time they were born um, to not only inculcate them, but also their parents and friends and, you know, that whole system has been created so seamlessly and smoothly that it doesn't look like anyone is screwing you over. It's only when you start to question things that you start to realize that's what's going on. But isn't that worse, though? Yes. I mean, that's why, you know, that's why we do what we do here. Um, I'm, I'm, it's not about us saying to people you know you have to rise up against the system we're more you have to take responsibility for yourself you have to acknowledge the fact that you know as the fellow says um the cavalry ain't coming you know the reality is that you're in this on your own and thinking that someone else is looking after you 
is the biggest lie that you've been told and it's the biggest fantasy that you're living if you're continuing to live it because at the end of the day they don't give a shit. I think a very close example of it is that when people you know work very hard in a job and they've given 20 30 years and they're really you know they're always there wanting to do a good job they're putting in extra hours they're going to you know great lengths to to really do well there's this kind of sense that if you do that that you'll be rewarded for it and yet if you get ill or keel over and die or you leave the day after you leave pretty much everyone has forgotten where you've gone or that you were even there in the first place and that's pretty much what happens people you're everyone is dispensable you're right and what happens is that the more you get invested the more unlikely it is for you to even want to face to reflect to face reality yeah because then it's like admitting to yourself that your entire life has been a lie yeah and it takes a very brave mother father to want to do that mm. unfortunately also people i mean yes it takes that bravery But to me, I think it's way more painful to keep on living a lie mm. until you die. And then, you know, it's like, it's funny how you see that in like certain posts or social media memes, like all the, the top 10 things people regret on their yeah. deathbed. I'm like, wh why would you even want that? Why would you even need to read the top 10 things People regret on their deathbed. So what? You have to be informed by another, you know, one minute to death, to dead uh, kind of person. Like you know, it's it's too hard for you to realize what state your life and your being is in. Why? It's it is a tra that is a tragedy as far as I'm concerned. I mean, hmm. people don't realize, you know, it's 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 like I always liken this to to a person who let's say like you're in a boat right? and and uh in a lake and then uh, you, you get up for whatever reason and you drop your keys into the lake and you're like oh shit you know and and then you you dive into you dive into the lake to get the keys and then you know you really you give it your best but it's pretty deep and you know the more you try to dive deeper and deeper to get the keys uh the the less power the less uh energy you have to keep on doing it so these people prefer to just die trying to get the keys than saying you know what fuck it <laughs> i'm gonna go get another different keys <laughs> and of course yeah. you know of course that may take the analogy is the analogy but if you're like well you know we're talking about an entire life here How can it be so insensitive? <laughs> no, man, I'm not insensitive. I'm actually very sensitive to this because there is no part of this struggle that is justified as far as I'm concerned. Like zero, zero part of this struggle. The moment I realize that I've, whoops, you know, I took, you know, it's like you're taking, you're going on a trail, you know, mountain trail and realize you took the wrong turn. You know, what are you going to do? 
You keep on. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna make this be a trail for real. <laughs> you know, and and end up you know in some bear's mouth. It's almost like it's too scary to admit that you may have been wrong, and therefore, and it'd be too embarrassing to admit it. And it's easier to keep going down the trail that is patently wrong. You don't like it but it's easier to keep going that way. There's so many things that are, that people, situations that people find themselves in where they're afraid to turn back because of what their family will say, their friends will say, what society in general will say, or indeed what, how they will feel about themselves because this is how they've been conditioned all along. But given the fact that we are, we don't want to go completely to depression mode <laughs> here, um, the point is highlighting this yet again, the way that we end up being influenced and taken over by external events and how they're portrayed to us and how it impacts on us, on us emotionally, mentally, physically, the whole lot. What, what in the final few minutes do we want to say from a positive perspective that will help empower the individuals who are listening to this? Well, we have to... All this to me, see, it's funny because all this is positive to me. This kind of reflection is a positive perspective to me. Uh, why? Because I've reconditioned myself to to know so. So we started with the question, is being down, is feeling down a horrible thing for you? And my hypothesis is not at all because when you find yourself down this is the perfect moment to reassess things this is a perfect moment to find out what it is that has caused this problem why do you feel the way that you do and if you keep on breaking down that situation it is in most cases certain that you realize that you have been allowing yourself to be fed lies um, mm. about yourself, about what you, the kind of person you should be, the kind of life you should be living, uh, and the amount of attention you should pay to everyone around you that says this or that. And the liberation here comes after we realize that. I mean, all we have to do is just go back into a situation that we have experienced uh, that seemingly was disastrous, catastrophic, and then see how it turned out or all the opportunities that it opened up for us. Mm. Look into your past to realize that your mm. present is definitely not a disaster if it feels like it is. It's definitely not. But... It's an opportunity to reassess situations and find out really what your life is about. Not what life is about, but what your life is about because you are an individual like no other. I was talking about the other day. It was like we have an, a, a unique fingerprint. I mean, it's insane, right? With all these billions of people on this planet, everyone's got a unique fingerprint. Now, once again, as above, so below. That should tell you something about how unique your entire machine is. So why is it that we look to other people 
to provide a manual for us for a machine they know nothing about. So it is extremely important to use this situation, whatever it is that's happening in the moment, to realize that only you can drive that vehicle. And you have to find out, rediscover who that you is. Because we've all been in a relationship where we're like, you know, we're all afraid. Oh my God, does she love me? Does he love me? Or is, is he or she cheating on me? Or, you know, is, is this, is my relationship secure? Am I going to lose them? And then the moment, of course, you lose them, not that exact moment, but several moments later, you realize that, oh shit, that was definitely for the best. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. We all do. Yeah. But would you have known about this if you kept on, especially both parties, lying to each other and yourselves that, oh, no, I'm going to make this work. <laughs> you know, as people say, people uh, uh, relationship experts, they're like, relationships are work. <laughs> you need to put work into them. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's why it doesn't. Yeah, that's why it isn't working, man. Because you don't, you don't have a good work ethic. You need to fucking reassess your work ethic. You're an asshole. You're too lazy. How can you make a relationship work? Look, all joking aside, it should be clear to most people that if I have any intuition at all, if I feel shitty right now, that could mean. That my intuition, my higher self, whatever you want to call it, is trying to nudge me towards changing something, towards taking a different direction. You know, when the GPS is yelling at you to take a U-turn, you're not yelling back at the GPS. Ah, shut the fuck up, GPS! What do you know? <laughs> right? We got to do something to change ourselves. Always comes back to that. That's right. And, and it is our, not only we have to, do that there is no other choice as far as i'm concerned there's no other choice that can provide a better solution that's the bottom line here that's why you have no choice you have no choice but to do that because all other choices are more painful okay that's it for this week i think i think so so on the usual sign off until next week let's be careful out there and don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week. Yeah.